Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Green Pole podcast. We've had a little extended break, mainly because myself and Alan Druitt couldn't get together um, to discuss what happened at Selhurst Park, Alan. A bit of a stalemate, and yet, oh, you got that nagging feeling that one point was okay, but it probably should have been three. What do you reckon? And good evening, man. Yeah, good evening, Dan. Um, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because we left Sellers Park on Saturday, and you thought it's a point. We would probably would have, you know, we would have accepted it before a ball was kicked. But it's just that thing in the back of your head, and you think. If we had a a prolific goal scorer at, at this moment in time in that squad, we win that comfortably. I don't think Palace created too much that worried us. We definitely had a better chances. I know Jimenez had a shot in the first half, which straight out the goalkeeper, which was slightly disappointing. The second half, uh, Bobby Reed intercepted the pass, and he was oh, off yeah. Will Hughes. And then we had a, a three-on-two situation, and. I'm sorry, at this level, you've got to be putting it away. Um, he could have shot. He's playing it the other way, though, no? Well, this is it. He, he had two options. He could have passed it back to Bobby Reid or he could have squared it to Pereira, which he did, or he could have shot. He had three three opportunities to do something with it. And oh, sorry, I don't no, know. I mean, Bobby Reid went deckled over Reid when he has it. Could have gone the other way to Pereira rather than yes. playing it to... Him to Raul? He, he there, could have, but... From there, Raul can't really score from there. He does about as well as he can. And Pereira's got to be busting a gut at the far post to be there. You know, you've got to be throwing yourself at it. You've got to be anticipating that it's coming. Yeah. But I suppose it was more of a case of Bobby Reed knows that Jimenez is struggling with confidence. And every chance we get, if we get the ball into him, once he gets one, I'm fairly confident he'll go on a run and get a few back-to-back. And I just think he's just got to break that duck sooner rather than later. And then I think one goal could do wonders for his confidence, but will also improve our chances of getting three points in games. You know, if, if, he, if he would have scored against Luton last week, then we may have seen a, a more confident Jimenez on Saturday. And we could be having a totally different podcast now but the most positive thing is two clean sheets back to back it's four points out of the last two games and yeah we look forward to Wednesday for a bit of cup action yeah so just going back to Jimenez and Vinicius is the is the talking point at the moment um, mm. clearly um, I, I can't help but uh, think about a lot of people who <laughs> Absolutely coated off Vinicius now. I think he saw the second coming of Pelo. Um, so, you know, a bit of perspective is required. Um, I thought, and this may be completely wrong, as most of my opinions are, Al. Um, <laughs> uh, I thought uh, Raul was much more involved in the play, had a much more effective game at Palace than he did against Luton. All that was missing was the goal because the chance you referenced first where Pereira puts the ball, this great ball by Pereira, it's a fantastic mm. touch to kill it 
like that from from him and almost Berbatov esque. Right. Yeah, and you can see why Silver picks Jimenez. You can see why he's an intelligent footballer. He'll drop off. He'll 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 link the play. Like you say, he just needs a goal. But how long do we wait for him to get the goal? Because it's becoming a bit of an issue, obviously. Um that he's not tucking them away and given everything that's gone on, because clearly the, having the injury that he had is going to change you as a footballer. The stats bear that out in terms of it's not just at Fulham that he struggled to, to find the net. But I do think there's sort of an acclimatisation process to a new club, to a new team. Um yeah, we're still set up. You know, he wins a lot in the air, but he's not Mitrovic. You've got to play to his strength, and a lot of that is giving him the ball. And then uh, I feel like if you could get, it's unfortunate Traore's not fit because I think Traore knows what Jimenez can do and how to feed him, and he needs pace in the wide areas, and we don't have. In the wide areas at the moment, but it's it's frustrating. But I can see what I'm trying to say is I can see why Marco has gone with Raul, and it's not for sentimental reasons. I think he's the best all-round centre forward of the three we we could pick. What do you yeah, think? I think he does. He did show glimpses on Saturday where. You can understand why Silver picks him week after week. He's, it's not just his aerial ability. It's not just the ability he has on the ball or off the ball. It's, a, it's his defensive work as well. He does track back a, an awful lot. And it's that side of things, especially away from home, he does better than Vinicius. Uh, Vinicius is is good if you're going to have a lot more of the ball. He's, he's a focal point. He's a prominent figure in the middle of the pitch. He can link up, play well. Um, but he's not going to he's not going to uh, work the defender. He's not. No. You know, there was a moment no. so, in the v- game where you were just like, take it in. We we scored and we were one and up. And it went up to him on the halfway line and he just didn't hold it. And Luton broke and, and, and had a chance. And it's just that sort of, I don't know. You know, where we are with um, Raul, it reminds me of first season Zamora uh, at Fulham. Different types of players entirely, but Bobby took a long time to, and even then, I think it's only three league goals or something like that. I'd have to look it up. Yeah, I think Um, it was only two, but I think it was two league goals. But with Bobby, it was different. Because he was, if you look at his assists that season, it was double figures. I, it's a tricky one with Raul because I think you've hit a nail on the head. He's there's something about him which suits us, but there's also something about him which doesn't. But saying that, I think what we've seen of of Iwobi so far, especially on Saturday, it's it's tough for for the new players to come in and make it into an impact. I don't think he's done 
anything severely wrong yet. I and you do make a good point where you go, well, how much longer do you give him to to break that record? Perhaps giving giving him a few cameos off the bench may actually suit him because then there's less pressure, especially if we're winning in a game. And then hopefully once he breaks that duck, he will then go on that run that we're hoping he can do. Because, yes, an injury like that definitely changes a, a person, let alone a footballer. You know, it was touch and go where he was going to play again. And now he is playing again. I still trust Silva to get that little bit more out of him, which we require. But I think it's still more of a transitional thing for us as a as a team at the minute. You know, starting life again without Mitrovic. Because the last five seasons, everything went through Mitrovic and we were hugely successful with it. So now it's the case of William, Bobby Reed, Wilson. They're all having to, to change they, the way they play slightly. Mm. I don't think William's reached the height yet of what he I don't achieved think any last of season. those three have been on it. Well, Bobby, Bobby will just give you 10 out of 10 and he, he's fantastic in terms of his work rate. But in terms of the other two, I think if you asked them honestly... That they would probably admit to not being at the level they were at the end of last season. No. And, and it, it, that has an impact. Even Pereira is not... And Pereira recovering from a very serious injury as well. It feels like we're still feeling our way back to dry land, if you like. You know when you go in for a paddle in the... I don't know how long it is since you've been to the beach. It's a weird analogy, but I'm going with it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know when you go to the beach and you decide you're going to have a little paddle and you're sort of you're in that bit where you, you're coming out of the out of the water and you're feeling your way to sort of more yeah we're, we're there we're sort of we're cold but we're not quite on terra firma yet um, no and you look at the fixtures we've had we've played our two toughest games of the season already hmm. Yeah. In Arsenal and City away, we're not going to have a more difficult run of fixtures than those two back to back, and we're still eleventh. We're still above those lot down the road, and we're, we're all in all a, of a really good them. position. Pardon? We're we're above both of those uh, West London uh, rivals of ours, aren't we? Still, yeah, and I've I I sort of expect it come May as well. Oh, Bold well. statement, I know, but yeah, yeah. I, I just think, well, why not? No, let's have a bit of confidence. But one thing I would like to see is I would like to see him and his start on Wednesday. I just want to see him score. I just want to see if what we're saying has some substance to it. And we're not going to know it until he scores. Well, what, I can't what see him going has no substance to it. I can tell you <laughs> that now, but I know what you mean. Just to clear that up, it was two league goals. Uh, Bobby Samora scored two in 35 the season we finished seventh uh, and one in the League Cup and one in the FA Cup um, before in 41 His um, first goal was special if I remember rightly wasn't it a right-footed volley outside a box at home to Bolton It was He just absolutely leathered it yeah. roughly around where you would have been sitting no? Yeah, wasn't too. Yeah, wasn't too far off. Yeah, I like Bobby. I th- I thought he was a brilliant player for us. Even that yeah, season yeah. when he was getting a lot of stick from the fan base for not scoring goals, but his overall gameplay is 
link-up play was phenomenal that season. Oh, oh, I, too, I too love Bobby. We should try and we should we should reach out to Bobby Zamora. Get him on a podcast. We'll yeah, see what we can sort out. Maybe not, but you know, let's see. He did. He didn't really like these blogs and podcasts. That's where it all came from. He thought he was getting a rough deal. And I said to him, and he was, to be fair, on some of them. Bobby, we we uh, we spent ages defending him. I wrote countless articles. He said, I don't read it, mate. Don't read it. And uh, fair enough, Bobby. You know, just <laughs> and then he turned into a world beater. So what do, what do we know? Um, the other part of what you referenced from, from Saturday, the impressive part, two things. It's another clean sheet. So back-to-back clean sheet. Um, and the best part about this clean sheet, two elements to this, but super burnt Leno in goal, not really trouble, couple of saves, yeah. right? But we kept a clean sheet without needing Burnt Leno to do things that were the other clean sheets all required Leno to make significant saves, especially at Everton. Even against Luton, he was overemployed, um, if you like. And I wanted to mention Castagna because he played well at left back against Luton. And then he slots in at right back because Tete picked up an injury. And I thought he was very good. Yeah, I thought Castagna was was solid against Palace. Brilliant against Luton. And he's very versatile. Um, And we're seeing that now. And 15 million, which we sort of looked at and went for a backup, maybe a bit extensive, but... I think it's 12 if we win the Champions League or something. Well, that's going to happen within the next couple of years, Dan, isn't it? Come on. Well, yeah. <laughs> Why not be but positive, was... Al? Why not be positive? <laughs> uh... But one thing I would say is, if you look on Saturday in particular, I was right at the front with, with Freddie, and the amount of times Diop had the ball and Castagna just makes run after run after run. There yeah. was plenty of times when Diop sort of switched the play or he played the, the pass to Reem or he did something different, but... Castagna knows his job already, yeah. and I'm I'm excited to to see him moving forward. Whether he's replacing Robinson, Tete, we have three fullbacks now, which I'm highly confident can do a job. And it's not yeah. been too often we've been able to say that. Not recently, uh, and just on the other fullback from from Saturday, Jedo uh, was uh, was top quality, wasn't he? Ah, he's phenomenal, brilliant. The only the only thing I. Well, I don't want to criticise him because that's not totally unfair. Mm. I just wish his decision-making sometimes, especially in the final third, would be that slight bit better. But then again, you could say if it was, he probably wouldn't be in a Fulham shirt, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. If you're playing for Fulham, <laughs> there, there will be something wrong with you. We just don't know <laughs> from where it is. Yeah, yeah no. That's, that's totally unfair on uh, on Robinson. Uh, what, I, what I think the interesting thing about him is, the improvement year on year, we signed yeah. him for what, one point eight million, two million yeah. total from, two, yeah. from Wigan. Wigan, they've gone down, um, and he's been outstanding. Um, and I get that he, he some of his crossing can be a bit erratic, but he offers so much, and. He's the perfect fit for that silver system of like 
your left back has to canter forward and be be an overlapping threat. Yeah, uh, there's there's only one other fullback in the league on the top of my head that does what he does, and if I know it's a diff, it's a different side, but Carl Walker does it excellently for Man City. He reads the play and he manages to intercept the pass before it gets out to the winger, and then he breaks. Robertson does that exceptionally well. Again, if he can just add maybe that little bit of calmness when he gets further up the pitch or whether he can just just sort of look at things before he actually plays the pass, we could score so many more goals, especially on the counter-attack. But yeah, as you said, year by year, he's, he's, just, he's just getting better. And every time I go and speak to the Man City podcast, um, they always say, Anthony Robinson... We've been linked with him. We've been linked with him, mm-hmm. um, and I always say he's not a Man City player, and I'm I'm saying that because I don't want him to go. But the better he gets, and the more he improves that the way he is, the more I feel I wouldn't be surprised if next season they do come calling. No, he signed the thing, mate, or however they say it. You know, he signed the <laughs> signed the contract, so you know, show us the money, lads. It's got to be <laughs> man, man City are in there. It's got to be like 170 million or something. Yeah, yeah. I think 35 is probably a bit more realistic, Dan. But yeah, why not aim high? <laughs> <laughs> this is becoming silly. Um, uh, anything else you want to touch on on Palace, mate? Palace. To be honest, I was. I, I mean, I always like going to Sellers Park. I think it's a, a lovely ground. I'm a huge fan of Crystal Palace. At the back or in the middle where you can't see anything. Yeah, so luckily I was at the front, so I didn't I had a brilliant view. Uh, I look at Crystal Palace and I just think they're a carbon copy of us to a certain extent. The the stadium, the fans, the size of the squad, their budget. Roy. It's just Roy Lewington. Yeah. Yeah. Salako played for but you know, you you could go it goes back. Don't don't be putting don't be back. putting Costas a replay <laughs> in there. No, oh, I didn't need that. I'll tell you. you no, but I like Crystal Palace. I like the way they go about things. Um, and they they're going to have a, another solid season. But I think I I suppose looking back, I was slightly disappointed from if I was a Palace fan because they never really looked like they ever wanted to win the game. I think that was probably fair. Uh, if anyone was going to win it, it would be us. But one thing we haven't done yet, Dan, is we've been probably on it for about 20 minutes now nearly, and we've not mentioned Paulinho. I thought he was phenomenal again on Saturday. Unfair booking as well, may I add. Um, and ha- we have, we've had three clean sheets this season, two of them when he's been in the squad. Honestly, if when we sell him, I, I don't know what we're going to do with ourselves. I really don't. What we what we do is what happened to cloning. You remember cloning was going to be all the rage. <laughs> what, what, what we do is we make a new Palinia with a one of those. I don't really know what these um what these uh machines and this technology is doing these days, mate. If make I'm a on... few phone calls, Dan. Hey. Eh? Well, make a few phone calls. Like, you've got all these analytics and computers and stuff related to our, our 
our own shit, right? They're quite rich. Surely they could, like, get a system up and, like, put in Polinia's details and make it <laughs> out a new Polinia. And they you know, just make him a bit younger and a bit quicker. <laughs> I've got a better idea. Why don't, why don't we just sell his brother to buy him? Go on. <laughs> get yourself a new agent as well. You don't need your brother anymore, mate. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I don't like doing this because he's very young. <laughs> but um, there's a couple of lads in the, uh, in, the, in the 18s, including a young lad, Josh King, who's been playing yes. for... England, have you seen him? Like, I've seen a few clips of him. I mean, he can play both as a holding midfielder and more recently in the 10 and then in central midfield. And boy, he looks a bit good. Um, yeah. It's early to shout, but we start uh, more on that later on, actually, because there's a couple more. There's a phenomenal game of under-18s football on Saturday against Crystal Palace. We'll talk about it. Um, towards the end, because I, I don't think I've ever seen a, a under 18s game that dramatic. Um, so yeah, Polina, I mean, he's, he, he's just fantastic. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, and I'm crossing everything, touching, well, touching my head because it is wooden. He's uh, not much <laughs> in there. Um, hoping that. Uh, Hoping against hope that the contracts that we um, initiated with Jao means that he'll go after you know a storming European Championships rather than in January. Um, yeah, because I, I do feel like it's my malpractice to sort of let him go in January. But you know we'll worry about that in January. Less at the moment he's motivated. He's playing for us, and we're very lucky. You lucky people, as Tommy Frinder would have said. Right, well, in this sort of bumper podcast, crazy edition, um, we've also got to preview Wednesday night's League Cup match against Norwich City, Alan. I mean, I hesitate to call this a League Cup run, but given how dreadful we've been in this competition, it does qualify as a League Cup run, doesn't it? Because we've got an extra game. And We're not used to this. Oh, no. Um, I had this week planned before the season started. I thought this was exactly, the week I'm going to I had to go to the cottage today and get a ticket because I realised I didn't have a ticket for this game. And I needed one, obviously, to go to the match. It was a very weird experience. Uh, for a third round League Cup game. Now, you said you preempted one of my questions, which was going to be, should we start Jimenez? And you said yes. I'm assuming we're going to do a bit of mix and match because we've got rather a big game. And we'll come on to that um, uh, as well if we get time. Rather a big game uh, on uh, Monday night uh, following this League Cup match. But there'll be a bit of rotation. What are you thinking for this game? Are you up for it? Oh, absolutely. I, do you know what? I'm, the longer this season goes on, the more confident I'm getting. And I don't know why, because it doesn't allow we can score many goals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there'll be some rotation. I don't expect too many because we're not playing until Monday. So we do have a few extra days rest. Norwich got 
absolutely battered on Saturday away to Plymouth 6-2. I know it's a totally different kettle of fish. It's a cup game against a Premier League opposition. But no, I, I expect the left-back from AC Milan to come in to make his debut. I want to see him in a start. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to see him in a start, but I just got this feeling that Silva may go. Moon is you start, um, like he did against Spurs. But other than those two changes, I can't really see too much. Maybe B- Batty will come in for Ream. Um, De Fuga rolls as he play. Kenny, yeah, Kenny comes uh, in. Iwobi will start. There's a few things you can do, but I don't know. I want to see as strong of an 11 as possible, purely because I feel like the way the fixtures have planned out as well, we can go on a, a cut run. I know we joked about it before the Tottenham game, didn't we, me, you and Freddie? And we said, right, this could be the season we go on a massive cut run. I think I you said we it. we were going to win it, didn't I, or something like that. <laughs> Maybe, but you did have 25 stellars before we recorded the podcast. Steady on, mate. Um, I'm going to drink that. Listeners. Come on now. Sorry, 24 then. Give me a bit of credit. <laughs> I don't drink stellar Artois. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> the number was correct. It was just the choice of the choice of lager. <laughs> the choice of beverage is shocking. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I want to see a strong lineup. I want to see a stamp our euphoria on the game from the first minute. Yeah. Get a few early goals, and then just treat it like a training session. Um, I just want to see us in the hat again for the fourth round. You know, no, this will be. Yeah, the we go one 0 down early and struggle, won't it? You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. There, there is that. that I, I know the Norwich City fans are absolutely delighted to have drawn Fulham away because they don't necessarily have the best time. Poor old Rob Green still has nightmares, doesn't he? <laughs> About six uh, years. Yeah. All those, all those years ago, featuring a Zat Knight yeah. goal as well, if I remember um, right. And the uh, late Papa Booba up didn't he score a free kick? Absolute screamer, yeah. Um... Again, quite close to your... Uh, I don't know if you were sitting there then. Um, yeah. I think it was down your end, if I remember. It was. Yeah. Um, well, like like we've just renamed that stand, the Alan Druitt area or something. Um, <laughs> Come on. It's Johnny Haynes' stand. Let's not put me in Yeah, no, no. Indeed, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm comparing the two of you in terms of football. <laughs> don't worry. Um, right, we're running out of time. So, are we doing predictions for the League Cup? Yeah, I think we Yeah, why right not? What yeah, saying? let's do it. I'm going to go 3-0. All right. Well, I think Although I'm... I said to my son before yeah. the Palace game, I don't think we're going to score three goals in a game all season. So, uh, <laughs> I'm pushing my luck a bit. Been on, the, on the beverages already, yeah? For yes. this podcast. Yeah, okay. I'd go 2-1. I can see us... So I can see us scoring goals, but I think um, no. Daniel Farker is a good manager. I, 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 I do like his teams and how they play. Doesn't he manage Leeds now, Dan? <clears throat> I just done. Yeah, of course he does. Why? Why he was at Norwich? What about Daniel? Farker, you wrote back the years. Manager, but he's got nothing <laughs> to do with this game. <laughs> Honestly, what have I done? It's shocking. Um, how do you come back from that? Two one is what I'm saying, and nothing else happened, Alan. Um, right, 
we've got to wrap up a few things and then come to any other business. So I trailed it, so we should mention uh, that on Saturday morning at Motspur Park, Fulham played Crystal Palace, the under-18s. Uh, Palace went 2-0 up. Um, Zach Marsh actually scored a hat-trick for, for Crystal Palace. And Fulham absolutely roared back in the second half. Tom Elliott scored a, a penalty. And then uh, Callum Osmond and Chibi Nwoko scored another screamer. And then in stoppage time, Seth Ridgen, who's only 15 years old, came on for his debut and tucked away a lovely uh, one-on-one. Perhaps he could give some finishing training to our to our senior strikers about how to find it in the onion bag. Uh, Fulham being Fulham at 4-2 with still with, with just a couple of minutes to go. Of course, we conceded a penalty to make it 4-3. Um, but we, the, the, but Ali Mills men held on. So they topped the under-18 Premier League South. Um, and Palace were a decent side at that level. Um, but some fortitude to come back and uh, and win that game from from 2 0 down. You've got to love it. Uh, well, normally we talk about the under 21s, Al, but they're actually playing now, the under 21s, um, at West Bromwich Albion. And I'm looking, uh, they were winning 1 0, but I, if I, and it's 2 0. Uh, Matt Dibley Dias. We've got to congratulate because Matt Dibley-Dias has got a call-up to the New Zealand senior squad. Um, he was born in Wellington. Um, and he's got a call-up to the New Zealand senior squad, which does involve him having to go to deepest, darkest towns, though. So I hope he's had all his inoculations for that very dangerous destination. <laughs> <laughs> he scored just for half-time. <laughs> and George Ockers has made it 2-0. They're still playing. What about 20 minutes left of that game? But our under-21s are flying. And um, on Sunday, I had the great pleasure of going to watch Fulham women against Millwall Lionesses. Another absolutely cracking game at Motspur Park. Um, in front of a crowd of 150, there was face painting. There was... Uh, I, I did get my face painted with, a, with, with Fulham logos because, you know... That's what you do, apparently. Um, uh, Mill took the lead, and Fulham came storming back in the second half. Uh, Rachel Hanting scored her first Fulham goal. Megali Mendes uh, made it 2 1 to Fulham, and Edie Vishali, uh with the third goal just into stoppage time. Of course, again, Fulham then <laughs> conceded from a set piece immediately afterwards. It was all hands to the pump. That's four wins in a row, though, for Fulham's women's side. And I must say, they're playing Stenning Town in the FA Cup uh, next Sunday at Motspur Park. £5 for adults, £1 for juniors. Big crowd, uh, face painting, lots of food and drink, lots of opportunity to mingle with the with the Fulham women's players after the game for your uh, young sons and daughters. Get along... Uh, if you can, because we haven't got a game on Saturday. Al, we're running out of time. Uh, got a couple of minutes left. Anything you want to mention before we uh, wrap this one up? 
I just want to reiterate that Daniel Farquhar doesn't manage Norwich anymore. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we are playing Leeds on Wednesday. It's definitely Norwich. Um, but no, it's it could be a very good next seven days for us. Hopefully we can beat Norwich, get a nice draw in the fourth round because we never get any nice cup draws. Beat them lot down the road and yeah, then look look forward to Sheffield United at home and let let's let's start being positive. Let's get further up that table. Let's get further in these cups and and start showing them lot down the road that there is only one team in full. Well, they know that already. Uh, I just want to say David Wagner is the manager of Norwich City. That's who I meant. David <laughs> Wagner has had success in the championship before. It doesn't really matter. I've got it wrong. <laughs> Absolutely scandalous. I'm off to punish myself. Um, perhaps, the, perhaps the listeners could suggest a punishment, Al. Put it into us with what should happen to me for that very um, unacceptable conduct uh, on this podcast. Um, you may not want to listen to it. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> thanks very much, everybody, for putting up with the two of us. We'll do better next time, I promise you. Um, until then, thanks, Al. Thanks, Dan. And uh, come on, you whites. <laughs> <laughs>